Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father, we thank you and bless you for your word. And Lord, we just ask that you will speak into our hearts, that you will do what only you can do, that today will be life-changing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the, the, the series we've been on, um, I hope that it is transforming your life. You know, uh, wisdom is the application of knowledge. Now, if we come to church on Sunday, we have a good Sunday service, and we forget about what we were taught. Um, and the nature of this church is that we are teaching constantly because we want to bring knowledge and then it is up to you to take that knowledge and apply it. It's the application of the knowledge that completely changes things. So please, we've been on a series. Don't forget last week's or the weeks before or the week before that. You know, uh, you, you should be like, the Bible talks about the Berean Christians who would listen to a teaching, then go back and study around it so that they can apply it to their lives. Amen? So we're on part two um, of the antidote to heart disease. It's all around the series to do with our, our heart. And of course, our foundation text is uh, taken from Proverbs, the fourth chapter and the 23rd verse. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Um, one translation, the NLT, would say, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the cause of life. The issues of life spring from it. It determines the cause of life. Um, and of course, as we've always said, we're not talking about a physical heart, uh, that muscle that is on the left side of, of our breasts. Uh, we're not talking about a physical heart of our chest. We're talking about the spiritual heart, that place in every person where our emotions sit, our will sits, decisions are made. Um, so the Passion Translation calls it your innermost being. Um, that's what we're talking about. Now, if we don't guard that and the enemy gets in there, he can affect the cause of a person's life. And we started by saying that there are certain symptoms. Um, the, the way medicine works, if they haven't diagnosed a disease yet or a condition, there are certain symptoms that point them in that direction. And so we looked at certain symptoms, not exhaustive, but we talked about when your Christian work has become routine and mundane, when you have lost the passion, the fire, the zeal that you had for the things of God, when you're no longer taking steps of faith, you're now ruled by your intellect, your mind, your senses, that they have taken over decision-making. We talked about when you are anxious and worried about things in life and about life. 
We talked about when you have dropped off with regards to your service in the house of God. We talked about when you are not giving of your time, treasure, and talent, where that has diminished. We talked about when you struggle with the spiritual disciplines of the study of the Bible, worship, prayer, and there's a struggle with those spiritual disciplines. We talked about when you're not excited about telling others about your faith. We, we talked about when you're not sharing testimonies and your testimony, when you don't have a burden in your heart for those who don't know Christ. We talked about when you're struggling with fear, the fear of the future, fear of sickness, fear of failure, and all the other fears. We talked about a lack of contentment, where you are just not content. Godliness with contentment is great gain, but that contentment doesn't exist. We talked about where you is a struggle to love others. You just find that you, you, you can't express love uh, to others. We talked about an absence of joy. We talked about uh, uh, where a person is so overwhelmed and overcome by life circumstances. And we talked about a struggle to obey the Word of God. Now, of course, that's not exhaustive. It was just to give us an, an idea of certain symptoms that beg a question. Um, now, it's not that where we, are, we find these symptoms in a way that is just uh, brief. We're talking about where these symptoms have taken root. They've taken residence. Where they are suffocating a life. Where they are obstructing a person from enjoying what Jesus himself calls the fullness of life. And where those things exist in that way, where they are strangling a life, where they are impeding a life, where it's not just something short-term, but it's become long-term, it, where it is coloring a life. We said when those things exist in that way, it's paralyzing a life. If we find those things, then it begs the question, whether the enemy has managed to get into the heart in some way and has introduced a disease. So we want to go on from there. We said that last week that the antidote is the love of God. The antidote to everything that we have described is the love of God. You see, what we, are, what we desperately need to reverse any of those things and to prevent those things from taking root is really a revelation of the love of God. You know, the psalmist says in Psalms 143 verse 8, this is the Passion Translation, and this really would be my prayer, our prayer. Let the dawning day bring me revelation of your tender, unfailing love. Give me light for my path and teach me for I trust in you. So the psalmist prayer that today let me have a revelation of your tender, unfailing love. Because that revelation of God stands against any form of heart disease. That revelation of God protects a heart, ejects from a heart any form of heart disease that exists. So when Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus... One of the most significant prayers 
that I, I feel that, uh, that, that was prayed for any of the churches. In Ephesians, the first chapter and the 17th verse, this is his prayer. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. That's our prayer. That as we go on this journey, that spirit of wisdom and revelation, that, that God himself will impart it to us so that something will happen in our hearts, something will happen in our spirits, something will happen within us that will bring revelation of who God is. And if we get revelation of who God is, don't forget, because the Apostle John says in 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8, he says, God is love. How many know if I get revelation of God, I'm getting revelation of God's love? Yeah, if you agree with that, say amen. So what, what Paul is praying for, for us, for the church in Ephesus, and by extension for us, is that the church will get a revelation of the love of God. You know, if the church gets a revelation of the love of God today, it's going to change the church completely. It's a lack of revelation, an ignorance, a darkness in that area that is causing so many of the issues that we see around us. But when we get a revelation of the love of God, it totally transforms who we are, how we act, what we do, how we relate to others, and critically how we relate to God. So my prayer for us is that we will get that spirit of wisdom and revelation. He'll give us a revelation of who God is, which is really a revelation of the love of God. You see, because this revelation changes things completely. It totally changes everything. Even a heart that is diseased, when the revelation of the love of God comes, it chases away every expression of disease. When the revelation of the love of God comes, it guards our hearts against whatever the enemy will throw at us, whatever life's circumstances will throw at us. So when, when, when Solomon was giving his son advice, uh, he said to him in Proverbs the third chapter, verses 3 and 4, and I'll read this from the New International Version. Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4. He said, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Some translations will say God and mercy. But when it says mercy, it's, it's the Hebrew word hesed. And the Hebrew word hesed means God's loyal love. So it's let, let, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Solomon understood that you want to be successful in life. You want to have favor with God and favor with men. Then these things, these two things are absolutely critical. Love and faithfulness. They must never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets on, of your heart. And that's what we've been trying to do. How do we write this God's love on the tablets of our heart? And how do we do that? 
He goes, he actually says in the preceding verses, please stay with me, I'm going somewhere. He says in the preceding verses, verses 1 and 2, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Now, of course, it wasn't his commands. It was the teaching of, of God's law, God's word that he had imparted to the son. Keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. So what, what was he saying? He was saying to his son, this is the way to succeed. This is the way to find favor with God and favor with men. He was saying, this is the way to enshrine love. God's loyal love in your heart. He was saying it comes from taking the teachings. Not his personal teachings, but the teachings of God. The commands of God. And he was saying now, put that in your heart. You know, they give you antibiotics to ward off viruses. Infections. That's what he was saying to his son. The word of God in your heart is like an antibiotic. It will keep away all these things that bring heart disease. Can someone say amen? So we said God is love. What Solomon was helping us understand is that that love is expressed in his word. So if I want to get the love of God into my heart, I can't do it apart from his word. So the love of God finds expression in his word and in the word. So it's not some mystical, spooky thing. This whole love of God we've been talking about to guard our hearts against heart disease, to get us out of these symptoms. It comes from being in his word and in the word. The totality of the love of God is expressed in his word, the Bible, and the fulfillment is in the word, the Son of God. Can someone say amen? So in everybody's heart, there's room for a throne or couches. If we put the word in the form of the word, and the eternal word, Christ. This is how we were wired to be. We put the word, the Bible. That's why the psalmist would say, we hide the word of God in our heart. How am I going to deal with all these things? How am I going to deal with circumstances that throw dejection at me, rejection at me? How am I going to deal with the fear? And we'll look at these in, in greater detail. How am I going to deal with the insecurity? How am I going to deal with situations where people have spoken great and negative words? How am I going to deal with the lethargy, the paralysis? How am I going to deal with being overwhelmed? How am I going to deal with... Uh, uh, a lack of contentment. I shouldn't feel like this. Why am I feeling like this? 
How am I going to deal with an absence of joy? How am I going to deal with the challenge of loving others? And every other symptom that is an indication of a diseased heart, I'm going to deal with it by making sure I don't have couches in my heart, but that I have a throne. Because if I have couches, the representations of all those things sit on the couches. Can, can I paint that picture in your mind? So you have a sitting area and there are loads of couches. The couches are begging for occupants. And the enemy is more than able to find occupants for those couches. So dejection has a seat. Insecurity takes his place. And they start chatting in a person's heart. And then fear realizes that there's a bit more space. And then lack of contentment says, oh, hang on a second, move, move over on the couch. I can squeeze in there. And envy says, hi, hang, this is a good party. Five of you, why, why can't I join? So envy comes and says, scoot over, scoot over. And envy checks in. And very soon they're they are, they are just having a merry party in a person's heart. Because the person has couches. But where the person has a throne, there's only space for one person on a throne. And where the person enshrined, puts on that throne the word of God and the eternal word of God, then the word in the person and the eternal word, Christ in the person, acts as a buffer against all these other illegal tenants that want to come and stay in a person's heart. It is impossible when we fill ourselves with the word and when we fill ourselves with the eternal word there's no space for any of those illegal tenants to come and want to have a party in our hearts. The challenge with the church is that a lot of us go through the motions. We attend a service or services. We join a church. But if we're truthful, how many of us are filling ourselves with the word? On a day-to-day -day basis, reading, studying, meditating, making sure that there's only a throne. There's no space in my heart for fear. There's no space for anxiety. There's no space for worry. There's no space for, re for re rejection. There's no space for dejection. There's no space for gloom. There just is no space because sitting on the throne is the word. And every time fear comes, the word responds. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and of a sound mind. The word responds. You don't even have to respond because the word is on the throne. The word owns the space. And patrolling the, the, the perimeter of the space 
is Christ himself because you have submitted to him and he's seated on the throne. So Paul now says as he's praying for the church in Ephesus, he starts by praying for them in the first chapter. He ends by praying for them in the third chapter. You know, there's a lot that's happening in, 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 in Christendom. And, and a lot of it is just, is just not, not going to help anybody. We're going to end up with a lot of frustrated Christians. Because the basics of our faith, we are ignoring it. What's that song then? Read your Bible, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day. If you want to. They taught us in kindergarten. It hasn't changed. It's not attend Jesus' house, attend Jesus' house, wear your nice clothes, attend Jesus' house. Come to Thanksgiving, dance out on your birthday, you will grow. I mean, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. It is read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Simple. So the psalmist, the psalmist says, hide it in your heart. The psalmist, said, the, the psalmist says, how can I make sure I don't sin? By hiding the word of God in, in your heart. So what is hidden in your heart? That's why the Passion Translation of Proverbs 4 verse 3 says, Guard the affections of your heart. Protect the welfare of your innermost being. The Word of God is, 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 is automatic in a sense. It's, if it's there, it responds because it's there. Sometimes you don't even have to do anything. You have just steeped yourself in it. it doc, it's, it's kind of like antibiotics. You just get them into your system and you don't know what is happening. Five days later, you're feeling better. Isn't that the case? Two weeks later, you're on your feet. Now, why you, what happened to all the viruses that were attacking you? What happened? The antibiotics went after the viruses. So the word of God in us, those are antibiotics against whatever the enemy wants to throw at us or whatever has managed to get in. So a, a bit of insecurity has got in. A bit of a low self-esteem. But then when you meditate... On the word that says that you are the apple of his eye. Or that even if a, a mother can forget her child, he cannot forget you. That you're inscribed on the palm of his hand. How many know that if you sit on that long enough, how many know that that low self-esteem has to go? Because you are a child of God. But if you don't, 
low self-esteem invites its friend. And, and incidentally, Derek Prince says that these spirits move like gangs. You know, they like, they like hanging out with each other. So fear is there. Fear thinks, hang on a second. Why don't we have a party here? Which is why Jesus says, when you cleanse a person, you better fill it up. If not, the guy you kicked out goes and, what does the Bible say? Goes and gathers the more people. That this place is clean. It's better than when we were there. We are naturally filthy and dirty. But they've cleaned, they've cleaned it up for us. Let's go back in there and sit on the couches and have a party. So this is my prayer for us as I end. Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 19. The Passion Translation first. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And let me just pause there and, and say something. This is part of the challenge. And we will talk about it in detail at some point. The challenge is, part of the challenge is that the enemy has polluted the concept of father. And he has been aided by irresponsible fathers, negligent fathers, absentee fathers, malfunctioning fathers, so that when you mention father, this glorious concept of source and provider and protector and this amazing concept of love is totally skewed in the minds of many recipients because they can't connect their encounter with someone who was called father with any of these concepts. So Paul starts by introducing a perfect father. That this father is not like all these other fathers. This father is not demanding. He's not selfish. This father is incapable of hurting you. This is the perfect father. And some of us need to camp there for a while because we have to dislodge the pollution that has entered our system because we encountered a very flawed, very imperfect, and not just flawed and imperfect because we all are, but a wicked, callous, hard, selfish, uncaring father. And so we will always struggle with this concept of father until we, over, until we cross over that hurdle. And some of us just need to sit there. That Lord, by revelation, help me understand a father who is driven by this love for me. And help me, help me wipe away this pollution, get rid of this pollution that has come because I've encountered fathers 
who have been the exact opposite. He goes on to say, and I pray he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. It's always inside first. Paul says, I need something to happen to us. And it can't happen naturally. It can only happen supernaturally. I, I need some strength in your innermost being to deal, to, to kick all these people off these couches and toss them out. But you can't do, I mean, how do you, you go, you go to grab fear? You're already afraid of fear. So you can't go and grapple with it. You grow, go to deal with insecurity. Insecurity is telling you that I've been here. <laughs> you know, I was doing a, I was doing a deliverance. A prayer of deliverance for someone dealing with serious stuff. This is a true story. I think Badge was there. And I addressed the spirit and said, come out of this girl. Come out. You know what the spirit told me? It's a true story. It's a girl. A male voice spoke and said, where do you want me to go? This is a true story. The, the girl is probably in here because she's, she's here. She's totally delivered and her life has just changed. And the, the male voice told me, where do you want me to go? And then the male voice called her father's ancestral name, which I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. And said, he asked me to come here. So where do you want me to go? A male voice. I think Badge was there. And I was glad it was Badge. Because if it was some of you, you would have jumped out of the window once a man starts to talk from a woman. This is a true story. It happened here. I wasn't like, we're beating the person or anything. We don't do all that. Deliverance is by the word. I was just speaking the word of God. I was speaking the word of God. I was speaking the word of God. I said, you got to go. I was speaking the word of God. I was declaring to that, that imposter who the girl was. So, of course, if, 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 if we don't get supernatural strength. And I remember at, at one point, I thought I'd finished. And there had been all kinds of manifestations. You don't even want to imagine. And so I went to wash my hands and I w walked into the loo. And the Lord said to me, oh, you, have, you, have, you haven't finished. The, 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 the main man is still there. I said, really? He said, yes. So I said, what do I do? Go out and continue to speak the word. And then that, that girl, wonderful girl, I've, I've seen her life just totally explode. Really? If I didn't know these things work, if I look at that girl's life, I'm, I know this works. Because I've seen her enter new dimensions, and I'm excited about the next dimension she'll enter. Guess what she said to me? She said, when I came back, and I started to speak the word, addressing, you know, that final occupant on the couch, who had held the couch, and said, I'm not going, I'm not going. When she shrieked, and the supernatural power that we're talking about ejected the person from the couch, she said to me she saw someone running, and she told me who the person, I, I knew who the person was, and I knew that person's intentions for her were terrible intentions. She said that was the image she saw running. That was the turnaround for her. You, just, you need to eject these people who are sitting on couches. You need to clean up your heart. There's no space for a couch. There has to just be a throne. 
And it can only happen by, the Bible says, supernatural strength floods your inmost being with his divine might and explosive power. And then he goes on to say, then by constantly using your faith, because you see, you have to use your faith. It's the currency of our kingdom. We don't get anything in our kingdom except by faith. How many times did Jesus say unto them, be it unto you according to your faith? What happened with the woman with the issue of blood? She pressed through the crowd. She thought in her head, if I can touch the hem of his garment. She touched the hem of his garment. Virtue flowed out of him. Not that he released the virtue. Her faith activated the release of that virtue. He turns around and says, who touched me? The disciples say, there are, there are so many people pressing against you. He says, no, one touch was different because that touch was a touch of faith. And what is this faith? It is just simply trusting God. Let's go back to trusting him again. Let's just trust him. Our faith is, is baseless if we can't trust God. And let's trust him even when the circumstances don't seem like he's doing anything. Because believe me, God is moving all the time even when you don't think he is. Says by using your faith, the life of Christ, the one who sits on the throne, will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Can someone celebrate the word of God? That's how it works. So when we, read, when we read the word, when we read the word, let's ask God, help me to believe this word. That's how we activate our faith. Against circumstances. Against all the things that are saying the contrary. We are reading the word. We are meditating on it. And we are saying to God, help me to believe this word. Help me to believe it. Help me. Help my faith. And then it says that as we activate that faith, then something happens inside us in our heart. It says the life of Christ is released deep inside you. That's how people change. And then, when the life of Christ is released deep inside you, the resting place of His love now becomes the source and root of your life. The King James Version would say that you are then rooted and grounded in love. And once you're there, you have found favor with God and favor with men. And then he goes on to say, then. Somebody say with me, then. Somebody say with me, then. So it means it, whatever is coming next can't happen until all this has taken place. He then says, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. One translation says, what all the saints comprehend with all the saints. That's where we're supposed to be. Let's not leave below where God wants us to be. 
He wants us to be at that place where we comprehend what he's about to say. We understand it. We know that this is my position in Christ. He says, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. And what is that that every holy one experiences? Every saint should experience. That's what it is. It says, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Can someone appreciate the word of God? That's where we want to reach. That's what we're pressing towards. That's what makes Christianity, you know, that's what gives Christianity the, the, the what's the word? The vibe, the, the, the energy, the drive. That's when you see people and they're just buzzing for God. That's it. They're not buzzing because of, of something superficial. They are buzzing because they are rooted and grounded in the love of God. They, the Spirit has exploded something inside them. Revelation has come. They have understood who God is. They have understood who they are in God. They have understood that the enemy cannot touch them. Their destiny is in Christ. They have understood that they are, the book has been written. The last chapter has been written. They have understood that the book is in God's hands. They have understood that the enemy can shake, he can quake, he can shout, but that he can't lay a finger on them. They have understood that their lives are hid in Christ. They have understood that they serve a God who sees the end from the beginning. They have understood that they are the apple of God's eyes. In fact, because they understand they are daring the enemy. If you want to see your end, try and touch me. Try and stop me. Try and touch my loved ones. Then you will understand what it is to be loved by God. Can someone say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Lord, help us to the work in our hearts, that supernatural work that helps us understand and appreciate the love of God. Let me start with a quick altar call. If you're in that space where Unfortunately, an encounter with a father figure has polluted your concept of our Heavenly Father. I want you to come forward very quickly if you're in this auditorium. Come forward very quickly. Don't have to wait for anybody. You know, and There's nothing embarrassing about it. just want to pray for the Father's love at this altar to come upon you. Come forward. You know where you are. A father figure. It might not have been a natural father. It might have been a spiritual father or someone who was in a fatherly role. Male or female. It, it just affects us in different ways. The father just wasn't there and there was a gap or the father figure did something. And you know, you know yourselves. Come, come from wherever you are. Come and receive the father's love 
we join our faith with yours to declare that that pollution is removed. Come from wherever you are. Come, 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 come. Anybody else? Anybody else? We want to pray for you. God bless you. God will honor your faith. And, and can I have some of the pastors just minister to them? That's just the way we're led, pastors ministering to them. And then if you... If you're, we're waiting for more people just to have the pastors ministering to them. And then if, if you're here, if you're online, please just, just let our pastors or hosts and hostesses know and they will, they will minister to you um, online. Amen. We're trusting God that there'll be a change. Yeah. You know, your father loves you irrespective of what you've been through. And, and as you come forward, you come by faith, trusting that there will be an encounter here at the front of this altar. And those who are ministering to you, will, if we keep the music a bit low, just to allow them to... Let's play it because that music helps, but let's let them speak words into their hearts. Most of those ministering to you will have a word for you. You know, this is not a, a mere exercise. God would have speak to them to give you a word. That's how it works. And then for the rest of us, you haven't received the gift of salvation. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You haven't opened the door of your heart for him to come in. For this love of God to find expression in you. Well, what a wonderful opportunity to do so. With all heads bowed all heads bowed in, in the auditorium. If there's anyone who wants to open the door of their heart to receive the eternal word, the expression of God's, full expression of God's love, Jesus, into their hearts. If you would slip your hands up wherever you are. Slip your hands up. Anybody saying, please pray for me. I want to receive Jesus into my heart. Please pray for me. Anybody, slip your hands up. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. And once I see the hand, you can put it down. You want to give your life to Jesus. If you're online and you want to give your life to Jesus, go on, just indicate in the chat that you want to do so. Uh, we've got some of our pastors and, 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 and a, a team of hosts and hostess, ho hostesses who will minister to you. Father, we thank you and we bless you. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Now, the rest of us, I just want you to to thank God for your Father in heaven. Go on, go on, just start thanking God for your Father in heaven. Go on, go on, go on. In here, online, just thanking God for your Father in heaven. sings that, if that is your confession, go and declare it. Declare it. That I've known. I've known. He's been good. He's been 
Yeah.